I was wondering about uh, control, controlling the mind. <laughs> so, so <clears throat> kind of goes against, you know, what one would as- would sometimes aspire to, just not having control. You know, a sense of being a tyrant or forcing things. Yeah. Yeah, when you recognize it, you realize that actually control does play a part of our lives. Try to control our tempers, try to control our bladders, try to control what we do, our behaviors, (laughs) precepts and things like that. We certainly put governors on it all and moderate it. So it's part of what we do. Maybe the question really is, is what's doing the controlling or the degree of how you moderate it or why one's controlling. Yeah. Obviously control is just about you know, suppression and bullying isn't gonna do any isn't gonna be very beautiful. Mm. That's why it seems one tries to set up as a basis thing I've mentioned before, these three bases of non non violence and uh, gentleness non-harshness, compassion, empathy, renunciation, letting go, you know, to do that reflex of releasing, letting go, as, you know, so that if, if they can moderate what we're doing, they can be moderated from those bases, this seems, you know, skillful, you know, because actually when you look at it, Probably none of us are free. You know, we get controlled by hindrances, we get controlled by old karma, we get controlled by habits and patterns, we get controlled by feelings and sensations. So, you know, perhaps the idea of no control is is a lovely idea, maybe for, but. Um, Right now, we do need to. We either choose to be controlled by unconscious stuff that's moving us around, holding us, you know, or we could be perhaps we could be moderated or controlled by more skillful things that help us to undo some of these um, afflictions that catch the mind. So I think it just depends where you're coming from, really. How much you need. Let's say even with that, you've got probably, you know, three three possibilities. You can control through your body. You can control through um, mental 
behavior, mental resonance, mental inflection, you know, as you can substitute uh, ill will for good will, you can um, bring up, you can substitute, you can bring up thoughts of death to substitute, to counteract um, ambition, pride, bring up reflections on the unattractive aspects of the body to counteract lust and sexual desire. So these kind of, um, you know, standard means, behaviors. And I think perhaps more, more subtly, you can also stand beside your emotional life and just keep listening to it not adding to it, subtracting it, but even that is a measure of control, if you like, you put a kind of fire break around it, and say, okay, this is it's like this, but it's not going to go out into actions, you know, actually, then it gives it, you know, room to be felt, and expressed, and the resonance of equanimity or compassion or listening, that kind of quality, non-judgmental awareness, mm. bring that to bear. And of course, finally, you, if one is um, endowed, if you're in that resourced, endowed state, where your, your mind is very steady and balanced, you can control things with awareness. That is just by being fully aware of the arising passing of thoughts and moods, they don't catch hold. So this is why we, um, you know, both protect ourselves from getting infected and also wear out the, um, the ingrained stuff, you know. Just seeing it as there but changeable and not self. It tends to wear down the the belief in it and the and the following of it and the agitation around it. And that definitely reduces the charge. Till you know you, know, you can get something that's quite the charge one's the stuff in the mind becomes much subtler. It's just this kind of reaching out, pulling back, flickering and that can be seen as just this kind of bubbliness and it can be a release in that way. In terms of the body, then I think as I've said many times, just using the body reference as something to um, counteract the tendencies of the mind to either contract or spin out by keeping a bright body posture, you know, as a basic thing, and then beginning to feel around the chest, the stomach, the throat and so forth, so you try to open and release and keep that soft and open, so you can feel these moods and senses in a much more like nervous energies, <coughs> and uh, if your body isn't getting captured by that, that it te- itself tends to allow them to just sort of steam off. 
and that that's a process, you know. I mean, obviously, it deals with the very coarse things like a dullness, for you know, sleepiness. If you're actually holding your body up, opening it up, can also um, excessive thinking, keeping the body straight, keeping the eyes half open, checking what's happening in the face and the throat. So if those stay relaxed, then the thinking by itself tends to quiet down because in a way you're you're regulating how thought, where thought gets its basis from. Thought actually takes a nervous energy to keep it going. And that particularly can be registered in the face, the throat, the eyes. So if that energy relaxes, the thought doesn't have the same foundation. Mm. And then breathing. Now, a lot of the time, breathing is fairly unconscious, so we do it all the time, we're not really aware of that. But you might clearly note that when anyone is uh, sleepy and dull, the breathing gets very shallow and uh, slack. When one is highly energized, the breathing is much faster. When the mind is agitated, the breathing tends to be snatchy. So we talk about controlling the breathing, or using the breathing as a control, put it that way. Uh, uh, Lengthening the breath. The breath being very long. So you get the full extension of it. Then short, short breath. Try to rest- or limit, check how much breath you really need. Tendency can be to be over-breathing in an unconscious way, not doing it deliberately, but the mental movements affect the breathing. So the mind will tend to govern the breathing unless the breathing governs the mind. So the mind is governing the breathing. The breathing can be a lot gets a lot quicker than if you the mind is is calm. So you shorten the breath in a way. You just look at how much you really need. Once the breathing has been long, that in a way opens all the channels up. It means not necessarily taking in more air, but slowing it down so you get a fine current down into the abdomen you can actually feel it just slowly inflating in the chest and the throat so you get that sense of it long and then then shortening it so it becomes subtler It almost becomes a kind of bright, just a glow, just a sort of a sense of energy. It definitely has an effect on the mind. The 
mind is, is held by that. Tendency can still be that when that uh, when the breathing becomes more refined, the awareness will tend to contract a little bit. So then, ideally, you start opening. That is uh, getting that sensation, the the sense of awareness in the breathing, and then trying to feel your whole body, parts of your body. If you're feeling that that in the centre of your chest, you try to sense what's around that, down your arms, your face, your hands, extend it, till it, uh, till, as the Buddha says, there's not a single part of the body that isn't suffused, permeated, and saturated with that. It's a, joy, it's a joyful, um, pleasing experience. And so that's, you know, samadhi. It regulates mental behavior, the mental thoughts and perceptions, topics. Introduces one to a very direct experience of what awareness as a bright non-verbal, non-cognitive experience. So all the cognitive stuff tends to, you know, fade. And you just live with sort of quietness and brightness. It's your sense of what's underneath all the layers of thought and feeling. A less subtle level, you can do walking, standing, changing the postures also helps to to um, work on the mind, getting sitting for a long time and just absorbing into thoughts and fantasies or worries. Maybe it's best to just stand up. Do some walk, stand up, more vigor into it. These are the methods of using the body. And using this uh, quality of listening, compassionate listening, how's it, how are you feeling? How does it feel now? It's that kind of question. Doesn't matter if you don't even have an answer, but you just have that sense of there is that empathic quality. It doesn't need an explanation or reason. Just mm-hmm. to actually sense what's being felt physically, emotionally, probably more useful emotionally, mentally, mental feeling. You get it's used to being with rather than in. The emotion, being with it, 
there's a powerful effect. Most people like to talk to others when they have a problem or an idea. Great plan, an idea. My mental energy builds up. It seems to want something to resonate against. So we like to see other people. But then also, um, can can we do this within ourselves? When you're in solitude, when it's quiet, just knowing you have that faculty, just like you're listening to somebody else. And you don't really want to fix them or change them or even really understand them. You just want to let them know they're being listened to. That's helpful, isn't it? So, you know, what when you have a, these feelings and moods, emotions, listening, what do you think, what does it need, just, what is it needed? Space, warmth. Mm. See what happens. Don't actually have to provide anything. Sometimes the question itself seems to catalyze a kind of spontaneous quality of, of uh, groundedness or warmth or humor, whatever's, ne- whatever's appropriate. Seems to come out by itself when you listen well. Not alarmed or agitated, but just listening well. Beautiful quality. And it's a kind of control that is not about domineering, changing anything. It's just setting up a counterbalance, a resonance. wonder if we have this faculty. Mm, I think most people at when they Sometime in the practice, probably one of the first major, um, major, small, but humble realizations is you better start being nice to yourself. Trying to be something or, you know, you better start being, trying to be nice to yourself. Sooner or later, sometime you realize it's time to take a walk with yourself. Uh, that kind of uh, understanding. It's time to sit back with yourself. It's time to acknowledge you're a good person. Sit back with yourself, be a friend. Mm-hmm. So this um, really, I think this, this is sort of humble um, 
not esoteric, but just a humble um, switching something on, turning something on. And even though in some ways it's just kind of modest thing that most everybody does, whether they meditate or not, hopefully at some time or another, you know, take just take time to be with themselves in a non-judgmental, spacious way. Still, it humble as it is, it does provide that um, basic sense of relationship to 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 one's karma. You know, simple little word, karma, isn't it? One's programs, one's you know, worldviews, one's inheritance, what one's what's coming up, you know, great or small, internal or external. And to relate to that. You know. and to relate to you, you have to first of all really get to, to feel it as it is without the the wrappings. It's like you want to um, work with something. You've got to find out what that substance is capable of. You know, work with some materials. You want to know what what was this kind of wood or plastic or whatever it is. What's its capacity? What can it do? You sort of study it and play with it and find out where it stretches, where it breaks, where it splinters, where it settles, where you can fashion it, how fine you can fashion it. Mm. And a sense of, you know, there's a kind of quality of respect about the way one handles one's materials. So this is the kind of thing we try to engender towards our own hearts, minds, jitters, you know, great or small, rough or smooth, whatever the substance is. How do I work with this? What's needed here? And nobody's standard. There's nobody as far as I can sense, nobody's the same, you know. Nobody's got a particular it's karma. That's why life is kind of dysfunctional. Dysfunction is karma, it's the hmm. until we acknowledge and we and we can sort of be with that, there is a sense of your relationship that helps to hold everything, all the separateness and the strangeness and the idiosyncratic into something that unifies, because it's all had to be held. Well, you know, this of course is the big project, but developing that facility to hold, you know, be with the change of it all. And in this life, you've really got to, my advice, my reckoning is you've got, one has to learn that. It's uh, because in this life you open up so much stuff 
that is not what you think you are, where you've been before. It opens up a lot. The um, all the old karma comes in. The old impacted stuff comes in. You see the fears and the rage and the anxieties and the all the stuff, you know, and. To not be intimidated by it. How do we work with this individually? Ourselves. Maybe the even bigger topic is how do we do that in with each other? Mm -hmm. But in meditation, you you really I I think the thing comes up that you you've got to do this because. There's uh <laughs> it doesn't you know it's not going to happen any other way, but you know that you can do it, you don't have to be run or prevaricate or project or interject, blame yourself, blame others mm. so it's that kind of that's the control if you like, just the Hold it carefully, take the responsive, responsible um, sense with that. Some of just simple things like being cold, walking up and down and feeling cold. Like me walking up and down feeling cold, not really acknowledging that I don't like that, my body doesn't like that, because it's supposed to not matter. You know. It's just cold, it's just a feeling, so it doesn't really matter, I'll be okay, walk up and down, do that. And yet, somehow, still, even at that, you know, I understand that. Uh, I just have to kind of like ask the body, you like, how's it feel? Oh, I don't like this, I'm cold shivering. Okay. Uh-huh. And as soon as it's like that, it just, the body seems to change. Suddenly it's, oh, well, once it's heard, <laughs> it, it, it kind of picks up. You know. When I was fasting, I mean, fasting, you, know, you kind of sense going to the body and sensing look this you know we're not going to be having anything to eat for a few days uh and that be, be okay i'll look you know i'll you know i'll be i'll be attentive i won't if it's too difficult we can stop and i'll keep warm and we'll drink drinks and things like that you know just in a way letting it know it seems daft doesn't it and yet something on some level of bodily intelligence, it needs to be at least be kind of checked in with, and then it then it will do it. It's very willing, actually, very willing to to bring forth what it can. And it's tremendous the sense of of when, when there's willing, all the difficulties that we can experience. They just they don't they don't 
bite in, you know. If you're willing, appreciate, okay, check, then right, it's going to be a bit of a struggle, but yeah, never mind, we'll keep going. If there isn't that, the system never really knows where it is. It's uncertain. It doesn't know how to, to how, how to open up. It's like if you, if if a simply you know example of someone who's a, a slave or a, a under tyranny, you control them like that, a slave under some tyrannical regime, they they'll they'll be sort of obedient, but they won't be willing, and they'll do approximately what you've said, with this sort of sense of darkness or grudge or whatever, the you know, shut down. Uh, but then if you have a sense of encouragement and, you know, so much more vitality comes into the system. You know, that. It's to kind of remember this in, I think, in monastic life when I hope, I really hope we all understand we've all asked, chosen, asked to be here and would like to be here. And if it's difficult, we'd like to find ways to you know, face those and come out of those. I hope we really know that, that we've, that if it isn't, then one can graciously, you know, do something else. Because uh, you, know, you get these kind of senses of forms and routines and rules and stuff like that, you can, you can shut down into a obedience and doing what we think is right, we're not really fully resonant with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you kind of, one's got like driving with the handbrake on. <coughs> it comes down to you know, we have this period of group practice, okay, you know, following these forms, 8.15, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and so forth. I hope we've all understood the sense of, you know, it's this offering so that we're all in a mutuality, we're all keeping quiet, we're all in the sense of what can come up from that. And it's not trying to shut anybody down, it's trying to say, well, you know, we can share. We can share this steadying effect. You know, and if I was going to do my thing, you're doing your thing. That would be okay too. Except we wouldn't be able to share that steadying effect. You know. So, you know, I think we can understand this intellectually, but really get the feeling in your mind of, I want to be with this. You know, do you want to be with this? Acknowledge, acknowledge what doesn't want to be with this. Something in me doesn't want to get up. It doesn't want to come here. It's, I'd sooner sit, something, sooner sit in my cootie. I'd sooner sit in my cootie and have a cup of coffee and look at a book and go for a stroll. Something would much sooner do that. <laughs> Once I kind of check in with that, that kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, I know that. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay, I'll have me say, I'll go to the sit in the dumb hall now. <laughs> So, you know, 
it's not, my mind doesn't actually complain as loud as it used to. So as long as I don't really know that I'm only 80%, 70% doing my duty with this, and yeah, I suppose ought to, because everybody else wants me to, and this kind of stuff. You know, loyal, dutiful stuff. But it's not, you know, it, actually, yeah, that's true, but somehow within that, just to check in, to ask the obvious question, to hear what comes up. Fed up, enough. Can't stand another day of this. I'm out of here. I'm still saying, oh, that is stupid regime. Uh huh, you're yeah, right. Hmm. Huh, that's better. Oh, I'll go and sit in the Dummer Hall. At least there's uh, checking in, you know, and then maybe, maybe it isn't, you know, what one wants to do. We owe it to ourselves to. Um, know that karma is mysterious, the ways of the spirit are mysterious, and eventually you have to make your choices. We have to make a choice. I hope we know that, and it's that's that's fine. But at least getting that sense of checking in with you, with your feeling, don't be don't be frightened or ashamed of it. Of the, well, it's bound to be, you know, resisting and you know, whatever, able to do that, once you start to kind of put a form in that is, particularly it's a group form, it's not coming from where you're feeling at the moment, that group form is a kind of control. I mean, control, like we have a control experiment, you have this dish and that dish, and you, so you've got something to see something against. And so we use this group form, you kind of be able to See the you know the, the the self moods, and it's this isn't putting them down. It's just to see them, you know, see, feel it, and you've got and then check. And then, but then, rather than oh, watch your mind shut up, get back to work, kind of stuff. Just give yourself those moments of witnessing, you know the excitements and the boredoms and the agitations as they come up. You want to know this stuff actually. Not the topics, but just the this this material, this emotional material. And you just and you realise that really, you know does it does it get answered or does it just get answered by empathy? To what extent is it just answerable by empathy alone? And that's that's what one wants to know, because that will certainly make one's life much clearer and simpler. And it's just a really good faculty to develop. body, checking the body, holding the body, straightening the body, opening the body, breathing, checking the breathing, opening the breathing, refining the breathing, spreading the breathing, standing beside the mind, sense of comforting, warming, 
listening, uh, empathizing, uh, and then we come to awareness itself. Uh, a sense of mental nature and various behavior forms and how they integrate, how we can say sense the arising of energies, thoughts, moods, psychologies within an awareness that by itself you know is presently arising with those, it's not separate from those. You know, it rises along with that. You know, with every mood there's there's an aware, there's awareness right there. And it's just that shift of inflection to notice the steadiness and the clarity within which forms arise. This gives us that very special you know, realization. Sabe Sankaranicha, Sabe Dhammanatati, or form or programs or conditions are changeable. Everything that we can touch, contact, is not self. No, repeated phrase, but the realization just doesn't. It doesn't take sides, actually. Just because things are unchangeable doesn't mean they shouldn't be here. So there's the release from this unconscious control, which is my ignorance, my inability to to be with, my inability to bear with, my inability to to embrace, my ability to to be present with stuff. Mm. That's the thing that so often controls, limits me, makes me a much smaller being. And I could be. That's the control you want to break. 